Hi people and hello my Chili Gunkarnas crew, it is Chili here from Live Listener Race and it is the end of the year, that's right, 2023 is coming to a close, so you know what that means, a whole bunch of top 10 lists coming right at ya. So for this episode, I want to talk about my top 10 favourite albums of the year. And yes, there are going to be a few bonus ones before we go into the top 10. And just to give you a heads up, this is a ranked in order. That's right, this is my top 10 albums of the year as my personal favourites. So let's cover the bonus material first. So as far as the bonus material goes, I just want to give a shout out to the Rolling Stones and their newest album, Hackney Diamonds. I don't think it's really worth that top 10 entry at all this year, but I wanted to give a shout out because it really blew my expectations of the album that I was expecting out of the band. I didn't think there was going to be anything fantastic, or at least not as mm, enjoyable as it was. You know, it was a solid album. It's probably not top 20 either but I just wanted to give a shout out as a bonus mention in regards to you know albums of the year I'm sure many people are going to disagree with that but whatever my list my rules you can tell me otherwise another one that I want to give a shout out to is Neil Young with his album Chrome Dreams and of course I didn't really want to throw Chrome Dreams into the top 10 mix it is definitely worth it but at the end of the day, we are talking about an album that was recorded back at Neil Young's hype, you know, the height of his success. It was like, what was it, 1972 or something like that when he recorded it. It was, you know, material that he plucked out of his archives and put back together for a record. Chrome Dreams was this long, outstanding album that fans knew was, you know, existing and had also been released on various albums throughout the years, but at the end of the day, it was just never compounded into one record. Finally, after all this time, we have a record from Neil Young, Chrome Dreams, as it was intended to be, and it is phenomenal, but it was, it's also aided by the fact that we know all this music, we've known it for years, so of course it's going to be, you know, absolutely phenomenal, it's going to be this outstanding standing record that every Neil Young fan loves. Shit, look at me, you know, I love Neil Young, but at the end of the day, I've known these songs for years. And, you know, I mean, as of recording this, we are talking about the new release that only came out yesterday, you know, from Neil Young, which I still have to review, so make sure to keep an eye out on that one there, you know. Probably would have been worthy as another mention, but still, I digress, I digress. And of course, the last of the bonus rounds for the top 10 albums of 2023 is going to be Stain's album, Confessions of the Fallen. And what a turnaround to see, you know, Aaron Lewis. I think he got in last year's top 10 worst albums of the year with, you know, Freight at Both Ends. And that was a terrible album. It was a travesty. I hated it. It was horrendous. A lot of people call me out. You're not a country music fan. Yeah, I guess I'm not. But at the end of the day, I don't think many people would disagree that it was a terrible album. However... When Stain said that they were coming out and they were going to record this new album, I didn't have really high hopes, but I knew that I was still going to enjoy the record at the end of the day, you know? So when I get this notification, you know, Stain has a new album out, uh, sorry, new single, I'm like, yeah, sweet, let's go listen to this. And I was blown away, you know, The Lowest in Me was a fantastic, fantastic song. Um, and a few of their other ones here and now in Cycle of Hurting, and it genuinely got me very excited. I remember even messaging, you know, um, a few of my friends and just going, look, this new record by Stained could be something that's really cool. It could be a very interesting album. And it was, you know, we had these 10 tracks, 35 minute record, very good runtime for the band. And it blew me away. It genuinely blew me away just by how good it was. So I really want to give a shout out to Aaron Lewis and co for not only bringing the band back together, not only bringing the band back together and recording, but bringing the band back together, recording an actual album that is so good that it is getting, you know, a mention from me for my top 10 albums of the year. So thank you very much for that. Oh, one more bonus album for you guys out there. And this was introduced to me very, very recently, only about... A week and a half ago actually and that is the album by Wayfarer American Gothic my friend who you know enjoys a lot of the heavier side of things you know death metal dark and black metal and all that stuff he's my go-to guy he always recommends these artists to me and goes oh you got to check them out and you know a lot of, I, I do I go check them out you know I went to I think we went to Emperor for example recently and you know it's not a band that I would have gone to see under my own uh, you know decisions but 
went and saw them. Loved the band. It was great to see them live. Um, but yeah, you know, he said, go check out this band, Wayfarer, and their record, American Gothic. And unfortunately, you know, this thing came out a couple of months ago, so I haven't done a review on it. I don't think I will. Mm, who knows? But he described it as black metal for... Sorry. Uh, black metal soundtrack for Red Dead Redemption 2, you know? And I'm like, that's a really weird description. <laughs> Red Dead Redemption black metal soundtrack. Uh, wh what? What do you mean by that? You know, and I'm going over it and I'm going, alright, as soon as you start it off and it's got that twang of a Dobro guitar almost or something, you know, the very first track, the Thousand Tombs of the Western, you know, etc. Uh, it, it made more, it made a lot of sense. And it was an album, you know, I, I just walked to work every so often. So I, I would, something I just put on, I'm like, oh my god, this is mind-blowing how amazing it is you know imagine mixing red dead redemption with black metal and the themes perfectly fit the narrative as well because you know the wild west was absolutely crazy wild west was nuts and there's a lot of dark and you know story behind that shit that also just seems perfect to tell on a black metal album so it makes sense that we have the american gothic being told in um, such mannerisms from black metal artists I love it. This is a cool album, and I love the whole, you know, the twist on the genre, where instead of just bringing assault on your senses type of stuff, they back it off, and they bring some atmospheric tunes to it, and yeah, it, it's such a cool album at the end of the day. So, really recommend American Gothic. Go listen to The Cattle Thief, fantastic song, or To, Hent to Enter My House Justified. Um, both of those wicked tunes i love it go go just check out this whole fucking album it's like yellowstone's earliest you know metal album at the end of the day so number 10 who is it going to be well it's a bit of a cheat here but i am actually going to include two artists that's purely because there is a common musician in between these and we are going to be talking about the Gorillas, Cracker Island, and of course, Blur's album, The Ballad of Darren. Yes, Damon Arbin has had a fantastic year. It's absolutely amazing to see that, you know, not only does he bring out a Gorillas album that is, you know, pretty decent return compared to his previous efforts, but he also brings out a Blur album out of the blue almost, and it really, I don't know, it subverted whatever expectations I had in regards to it. You know, Blur is this great band, or, you know, they're a great band. I know a lot of people love them, but I prefer their soul, you know, their, their singles at the end of the day. I'm not going to lie. I prefer their singles as far as what they go by. And as for Gorillas, well, shit, I've been a fan of them for so long, it's just not funny. I even caught them live this year, which was absolutely great. And it was only a couple of weeks before, sorry, a couple of weeks before I saw them, they dropped that single, uh, Cracker Island, featuring, of course, Thundercat. And I thought to myself, this this single right here, it kicks ass. And it'd be great to see it live. And they did. They played it live at the show. Blew me away. Absolutely amazing bass lines on that um, album. You know, and just seeing some of the guest appearances. Let's go th let's go to Gorillas first before we jump into, you know, Blur. But Cracker Island, of course, as I mentioned, Thundercat, fantastic bass player. Um, has quite an interesting story behind him. And, of course, I've done my review on it. But you've got Oil as well, a great track which features Stevie Nicks, you know, Fleetwood Mac fame. And then you go on to, like, the Tide Influencer. Um, <laughs> just swear that's my life. <laughs> And, yeah, Silent Running, uh, featuring Adele Almateo. I'm not familiar exactly with the artist, but, you know, other people. Tame Impala and Booty Brown, uh, Bad Bunny, and, of course, Beck as well. Some other people, you know, within this album. And the first time as well, breaking that fourth wall when it comes to Gorillaz, with the song Skinny 8, which almost seems a bit odd when you're thinking about it. It is a band that is extremely quirky, being a 3D animated group that... You know, has this have it has its own icons, but at the end of the day, we're talking about him. It's almost Damon Arvin coming out and talking about the band itself. So it's real, you know, um, really weird fourth wall breaking kind of stuff there, and just going past it. So loved Cracker Island, absolutely amazing album, um, and even check out the extended version because there's a few tracks on there that you know weren't on the full version, full album version, and it's kind of worth you know going to check out. Then we jump over to Blur with the Ballad of Darren. Again, you know it was um, somber, you know a bit down tempoed in parts, but again, you know it's 
the album that was nearly 10 years since their last one, I think it was Magic Whip in 2015, math, yes, eight years, whatever, but you know, we've got the ballad which it opens up on, uh, St. Charles Square, also a really cool one, Barbaric, another one, Russian Strings, which I thought was kind of cool, you know, and The Narcissist, and all these other tracks, 12 tracks on up, 42 minutes, and I just thought it was like, really decent effort by the group, you know, listening to its album, and you know, it just it ebbs and flows. It's so perfectly crafted, this whole record. So I really did love The Ballad of Darren. Obviously not as much as Cracker Island. I'm talking less about it than I am The Gorillas. But at the end of the day, what can you say? Uh, I'm sure people will come out and say that they are Blur fans. This album was phenomenal. They loved it. Or maybe they hated it. I don't know. Comment below and tell me your thoughts in regards to, you know, the Blur album. Because, yeah, I, I think it's worthy of a top 10 mention of the year. I do. That's why I put it right here. So, yeah, top 10 people. Number 10 we're going to include these two albums. So what is my number nine album? Well, quite simply, it's going to be the Baroness album, Stone. What a release, really. What a band. I mean, this is this is a band that I always knew. It was always on my radar, but I just never really dwelled into their past and, you know, did a deep dive as per se and check it out. And i got to thank the Green Man, really, so make sure to check out his channel and say thank you for introducing me to Baroness because... You know, when, we, um, when he joined me for an episode of Live, Listen, Raced, he brought to me a very, very cool list of musicians. Very hard episode. And from memory, if I'm, if I'm doing this right, it was Gojira, um, Mastodon, and Baroness. Unfortunately, Baroness was raced to give away that episode, but make sure to check it out still. It was a fun episode to record. But I purely raced them because I didn't know much about their material, you know, I had heard a few of their songs and I know a lot of people were saying, this is a band you should be checking out, you should go and listen to their records. And even after the show, you know, the Green Man and me were talking about them and he goes, yeah, you got to check this record out. I think he recommended um, the Purple album from memory, but I went and checked out the Red album just to be different and I loved it, I absolutely loved it, I loved the Yellow and Green record. You know, I know a lot of people will say, um, I think it was actually Golden Grey, but a lot of people say the production wasn't really good, I didn't notice it to be honest. But then of course, around about this time that I was starting to get into them, they had their new singles being released and I was listening to it, you know, with, uh, I think it was Last Word was dropped and I'm like, this, this single kicks ass, I've got to go and listen to this album when it comes out. And I'm so glad I did, I'm so glad that I got into Baroness uh, when I did, because this album is amazing and I think it reflects that as well with the listeners because you know when you're going over it here on Spotify a couple of the tracks here maybe they're just advertised but a couple of the tracks here are from the stone one the top five you know songs to be listening to are from their new album and I do believe that stone has really you know resonated well with the band uh, sorry with the members sorry with the fan base I can't say words today and I think a lot of people really enjoyed this album a little bit different to what I was expecting <clears throat> it's you know subverted I guess uh, the expectations for what I was expecting out of a band or what their sound was going to be but it's still a really nice listen from you know start to finish would I describe it as a perfect album mm, probably not no but it is a very very solid record at the end of the day and you know the more I play it the more I enjoy it at the end of the day as well because you know, when you get into the last parts of the track, it kind of drags on a bit. But, you know, when I was listening to it recently, I'm like, yeah, this is actually really cool. You know, Under the Wheel and, you know, tracks like that one, The Dirge, all cool songs. So, yeah, you know, shout out to Embers, Last Word, um, The Dirge, as I said there before, and Under the Wheel, because they're all really awesome songs there. And it looks like they've also got the deluxe version already out, and it's got a few live songs as well to listen to. So yeah, number nine for me, for the albums of the year, Stone by Baroness. My number eight slot is going to be dedicated to a new band, actually, Upsetter, with their album Doomgaze. And holy moly, what a release this has been. It's such a short album as well, I'm, you know, I'm sure the band will be a very new name to, to you out there. You probably haven't heard of the group. They're an Australian, you know, shoegaze, doomgaze. Well, I mean, fuck, the, this album, Doomgaze, describes their sound. It's like doom metal meets shoegaze. And it's absolutely mind-blowing how cool this album is. Eight tracks, only 20 minutes long. You've got to go out and listen to it because it's like the finest 20 minutes I think I've listened for a long time. There's just nothing here that I would describe as dead air. 
um, except for maybe one track, but that might be because it's also a little bit different to the rest. But still, you know, at the end of the day, despite the low play count, I think this is a band that shows a lot of potential with their sound, and it's just so much on offer. Right from the start, you've got Doom, Deserve, Tell Your Friends You Love Them, another fantastic song there, uh, Blossom and Hate Me. I believe the track that I just didn't really enjoy was uh, Emotional Hygiene, I think it was, which sounds like a bit of an earlier record at the end of the day, or an earlier track compared to the rest of their material, but still, especially those first probably four tracks there are just impressive as hell. Um, I just, sorry, Doom, I just realised it was an intro track. Uh, Deserve is the one I meant to say. Um, but yeah, you know, those first four or five tracks, absolutely great. So, yeah, guys, I'm sure you don't know this band. If you're listening to this episode, though, and you've got this far, I implore you to go and listen to Upset Up. And, hell, go check out their Instagram. Tell them that Live Listener Race. Tell them Chili from Live Listener Race has sent you over to check out their channel. Because, man, give them support. Give them some love out there. They deserve it. They really do. And it would be great. Now, maybe one day I'll have them on the show as well. Don't know about an interview, but maybe we can just have them on the show and we can just tra- you know, chat the shit and talk about the music scene or something like that. So, Doom, you know, Doom Gaze people, check them out, Upset Up. And Upsetter, if you're watching this episode, thanks for the music, guys. Awesome album. For my number seven slot, we're going to be going over to Obituary. Of course, this is the album Dying of Everything. And I think I titled this review when it came out as My Death Metal Awakening. I do mean that. It was such a freaking awesome album, this one, coming out the very beginning of the year as well, I think it was. Yeah, like January, there we go. Very, very beginning of the year. This album comes out with this impressive, you know, coloured artwork that's probably up there in the corner if I do the editing right. And I'm looking at this thing thinking, shit, this is an amazing album. This is so cool, listening to, you know, the very start with Barely Alive or The Wrong Time, it flows onto that one. So cool such a brutal record. I didn't even know where to begin with this one. It actually has been a little while since I played it, but this thing has got me more on the path of this type of music, this death metal, brutal assault of the senses, and why not? Of course, it's a freaking awesome album, and a great band, of course, as well. Isn't that part of the, I want to say, yeah, it's the Florida death metal scene, of course, with a whole bunch of their albums coming from mm, that particular era. I'm talking about the uh, 90s, early 90s death metal scene. So I think I, if I'm remembering this right, um, some people said that you know, out of the extreme metal genres, Obituary and Cannibal Corpse were the only two good bands to come out of you know COVID-19 with their releases as in post-lockdown albums that were recorded um, so yeah this album was just great and of course just listen to it I mean at the end of the day it's kind of like this whole breakup album or some shit like that I think it was if you read into the details of it it's a, it's a very interesting record um, for the reasons rather that it was released but yeah fucking amazing album I recommend going into it because you know without a conscious is a really I love that I love without a conscience it is a really sick track there war dying of everything weaponized the hate by dawn by the dawn sorry of course and all these other tracks it's it's something that you really got to go into here and then 45 minutes 10 tracks perfect runtime you know barely any dead air here from a death metal record you know there's nothing that really needs to be culled it's such an amazing record at the end of the day Go fucking check it out. Come on, guys. Number seven for a reason, people. Go check it out. My number six slot is going to go to Stone Jesus. You guys rock. I love you guys so much, Stone Jesus. Amazing band. Uh, Father Light is their album. Um, As far as the artwork goes, uh, yeah, it could be better. (laughs) Sorry, Igor and co. But um, your album, however, is just speaking volumes into a different level. And it's a bit of an unfortunate circumstance here because, you know, Stone Jesus are this amazing group that really should be in the limelight right now for this record. And from memory as well, they also held off releasing this album because they are a Ukrainian group. So that should speak, you know, that should tell you why it isn't, you know, up there and in the mines or whatever they're touring. Because 
yeah, they're stuck in their home country at the moment with everything that is going on. So, you know, I wish them the best in regards to uh, that whole shit show. And I just hope that it comes to a conclusion for the better for Ukraine. Uh, but here's to hoping, I guess, in regards to that. As for the music on offer, however, we get six tracks from the group here. You know, technically five tracks because the first one is an instrumental intro, uh, Father Light, which, from what I remember seeing the notes on the album, was Igor just taking his recorder out onto the grass and just playing a little acoustic thing, and, you know, that was the instrumental intro track. Uh, Igor, if you're watching this, correct me any parts that I'm wrong. Um, I'd love to, you know, have you on the show even one day. That'd be absolutely cool. Because I know Stone Jesus, they probably they don't get as much attention as they should. And this is a band that really deserve our attention. And a phenomenal stone and metal outfit, you know, trio from the depths of Ukraine, bringing us these absolutely amazing tracks. I mean, we go back like 11 years ago, and they brought out their album Seven Thunders Raw. And if you haven't listened to that, you've got to go and listen to I I'm the Mountain. It's like this 18-minute track. This absolutely mind-boggling piece that is such such an amazing song but we dive back into Father Light here their newest release and all of it was released as singles uh, except for Season of the Witch which is just this doomy doomy piece fantastic riff of an opener that just is unsettling as hell you know it's just such an amazing riff it's very Black Sabbath-esque. As you would expect, of course, out of Stone and Metal. It's all influenced by that Black Sabbath sound. There's no other way to describe it. I swear there should be a challenge, actually. Try to describe a Stone and Metal group or, you know, that, that whole thing without saying Black Sabbath. Good luck. Good luck. Or have a drink every time someone does. But yeah, Seasons of the Witch is this, you know, 11 and a half minute monstrosity of an album. Sorry, song. And love it. It was a really cool track that wasn't released, thankfully, as a single. And was like one of those tracks that was just a hidden one for us to discover when the album dropped. <clears throat> and I was so stoked to see this mammoth piece that was just untouched compared to the rest of the singles here. Because, yeah, it's, it's like one of my favorite tracks of the year. Hint, hint. So, yeah, I, you know, keep that out there. But, you know, you move on to Thoughts and Prayers. Really cool song, obviously. Uh, bit of sarcasm within the lyrics in regards to the mannerisms of that you got to go listen to that check out the video clip as well very interesting one there um porcelain as well awesome way it flows into it and con and lastly we get what you deserve it is six tracks people it is less than 45 minutes long ticks those boxes everyone it is a relatively short album at the end of the day and you know it just it's awesome i love stoner metal what can i say this this type of metal i guess and i can't get enough of it so it, you know it ends up here on the number six slot that it is father light people if you haven't listened to stone jesus go check out this album also go over to the real you know instagram and check them out there because yeah they really do deserve it you know awesome band to go and check out this album or, you know, I Am The Mountain, or any of the records really are just amazing. And again, you know, we waited all these years, and it was worth it. Thank you very much, Stone Jesus. I look forward to seeing you one day. Hopefully you come to Australia. If you do, make sure to message me, because I would love to see your show. Anyway, check out the album. Tipping the scale at number 5 for my top 10 albums of the year is going to be, of course, the Scandinavian outfit Enslaved with their album Heimdall. You know, the 2023 release that was only a couple of months ago from memory, back in, oh shit, no, it was back in March, it was a while ago. Uh, but this, this was an album that is, well rather, let's back this one up a little bit because, you know, Enslaved's been around for about three decades and their beginnings are very black metal, very, you know hardcore kind of scene you know viking and frost and stuff like that and i'm you know from when they from what they've recorded i guess over the last 10 years it's somewhat vastly different stuff it's more atmospheric it's a bit more slower and mm, somber i guess you could say sonically appeasing more to the masses maybe and enslaved is a band that a lot of people would say also is never done a bad album so i'll be curious because look i i don't know i don't know their 
rich history. They've got a lot of records. I think this was their 16th record from memory. I haven't listened to maybe you know, 13 of those records in full. So maybe people tell me below, uh, is there any bad albums by Enslaved? I don't know. I honestly don't. But Heimdall is just one of these records that I just like thought, yeah, let's go ahead and review this one. Enslaved's a pretty big name. You know, we'll just do a review and see how it treats me. And yeah, listening to this album, I remember going down to you know, the gym and playing it. And it was just this really awesome one to just lose yourself in part of it. It's just this record that you can just lose yourself, get immersed into a, you know, the, the storytelling of what is on offer. Because it is a really sick album. It really is. From start to finish, I don't think there is nothing wrong with this, actually, from start to finish. Seven tracks. Again, it hits that perfect mark. It's just a bit under 50 minutes in length, you know. Kind of that perfect runtime for a record. And starting with Behind the Mirror. A bit of a lengthy intro, you know, being on a boat or whatever. And still, really awesome to hear. Uh, you move on to Congelia. I think I've said that right. And, of course, Forest Dweller, Kingdom. The Eternal Sea was another one that I really did love. Caravans to the Outer Worlds, before finishing, of course, on the, the track Heimdall. And uh, all these tracks, they're not short tracks. They're nearly six minutes in time. And, of course, all that stuff tallies up at the end of it. But, you know, this album, which is almost a concept record as well, considering, is just absolutely sick to hear those viking kind of horns or something blowing in the background to the you know the oars blowing um sorry the oars of stuff is so awesome to just hear you, you can get fully immersed in that stuff it's almost like that um it's not behemoth it's um bartholomew or whatever it is um Bathory, that's it that whole viking metal scene that niche of a market <clears throat> and it's slave kind of I, I wouldn't say they go into it full hog you know, they kind of tiptoe around it in areas in regards to their records, but Heimdall definitely kind of goes into it a bit more. But I do love their sonically charged atmospheric here. It's not as heavy as from what I've heard in their previous albums, but it's still downright heavy. It's still downright brutal in sections. But, you know, I do love myself a little bit of atmospheric rock, atmospheric metal. Now, you can see that with some of my other reviews, stuff like, you know, Earthless, they're a perfect example, I guess, in regards to that. And even some of the ones that have come up further along this list as well. But Earthless is definitely one of those groups that I can easily think of off the top of my head. And see, I love long songs and I love ones that I can get just lost into. And Heimdall is one of those records at the end of the day. You know, it is a bit more of a darker piece than... <laughs> sorry, it's definitely much more of a darker piece to anything Earthless has written. But it's still... You know, it transcends. It, it just transcends the mind. It is such a great album to hear from this group and easily makes its spot here. I don't think people are going to disagree with that. Disagree with it at all. So, yeah, number five slot goes to Enslaved. The number four slot, I have to thank Hector from The Chill Dude on the Couch for, you know, saying, hey, you got to check this one out because, damn, well, now it's the number four slot of my albums of the year. And that's going to go to Deadly Carnage, Endless Blue, and, well, as far as, you know, the previous slot with number five, talking about atmospheric rock and transcending the boundaries of, you know, sonically shifting soundscapes, this is exactly what I mean. You know, Deadly Carnage is one of those groups. It just perfectly taps into that whole earthless kind of sound for me, and they make these really great tracks. Fair few of them are instrumental pieces at the end of the day, and that's the way I like it. You don't have to be singing on every single friggin' track, but it's still good to have it, of course. Not saying that it's entirely necessary. Perfect runtime again, less than 40 minutes. We're talking eight tracks here on offer. And the Deadly Carnage, I swear, this is like the third bloody... Um, the, the addition of another Whale album. And what I mean by the Whale album, I'm talking about, of course, I'm talking about Gojira, Flying Whales, and Mastodon. You know, and then... Here we are, Deadly Carnage, lift it up, lift it up proudly because they deserve a slot next to those two bands and whales on the covers. You know, it is such a sick album, Endless Blue, this whole uh, Japanese-themed storytelling in regards to it, and the artwork as well, look at that beautiful artwork as well, man, just incredible. But at the end of the day, this whole Japanese theme, 
um, storytelling in regards to the whole what is going on here, this concept kind of piece, and everything that goes with it. Just flows so well all these tracks perfectly edited perfectly sounding as you would expect you know with any day and age, with these any album these day and age but you know you, you begin off with uh, sorry dying sun i should say <clears throat> dying sun absolutely great album uh, sorry song to begin with <laughs> absolutely a great song and sublime connection another one that just flows in perfectly uh, the clue as well as Blue Womb, which I'm pretty sure is an instrumental track, and Mononoke as well. Um, I'm pretty sure that one's an instrumental as well, but I can't entirely remember. Anyway, Mononoke is another one that is just amazing. Swan Season is a cool song, Moans, Griefs, and Wales, and Unknown Shores. And all of these songs, as I said, they're just, it's, it's a concept album. It's a semi concept album, I think, and you know it just is perfectly flowing from start to finish it's really interesting to hear i guess when you come across an album that is perfectly recorded in such a manner that it just blends so seamlessly together that you know it, it really is hard to tell one track apart from the other and that is a very hard feat to do you know that it does you do hear it from time to time obviously the transition of songs but at the end of it if you're playing this from start to finish it doesn't really feel like eight separate tracks it feels much more it feels like you know one large piece and that is really a perfect way to I guess write and record a record you know you don't not all albums of course <coughs> you know not all albums of course have to have this long piece especially uh, well if you're not a progressive rock outfit but you know if you're definitely a progressive rock outfit which this you know flows into the genre of you've got to aim for that to a degree if you're writing a progressive rock album and your tracks are just perfectly seamlessly flowing in between you're gonna have issues it just feels a bit disconnected and you know that's a whole different discussion for another time but you know, when you're going through the rest of this record here, as I've said, and I'll repeat many times over, this is a record where it just flows so seamlessly between tracks. It's this perfect level of, you know, editing, editing, songwriting, and, you know, it just shows its craft here on offer. So, maybe this is a band you haven't heard of, but I implore you to go and check them out because, you know, they don't have enough listens. They need more listens. They need your ears, everyone. Go over. Lend them an ear. Throw it at them and say, hey, I want to go and listen to Endless Blue. Go check out their previous artworks. You know, sorry, previous albums as well. But I would recommend to first start off with Endless Blue and see what they have to offer because, yeah, damn, good stuff there. And proud to say it. It's great to hear from this, you know, band at the end of the day. So now we land on the number three spot for my records of the year, and this is going to be taken out by Crown Lands with their album Fearless. And a lot of people are just going to say, yeah, these guys are nothing but a rush tribute act at the end of the day. No, I dare say they're more than that. They, of course, they do take their cues from their heroes or, you know, I dare say, uh, main acts of inspiration, but you can take your cues from your heroes and still create something of your music, something a little bit different. And, you know, I want you to take note as well, uh, fans for Greta Van Fleet, because, you know, while they didn't make the spot of the top 10 albums, they still did a very good effort this year, I figured. And, of course, a lot of people compare them to their band contemporaries, Led Zeppelin. So, you know, when you're listening to the naysayers, they only hate it because it ain't it, and at the end of the day, yeah, you're never going to replace Rush. But this is so damn close and it's amazing to hear uh i don't know how i stumbled across this band but i did and i'm so thankful i think it was the album artwork something about them you know crown lands and this album just came up and i'm like that's some cool album artwork right there oh it's a prog rock outfit oh i'm gonna check that out i love my prog rock you know how can you not go past prog rock rush yes King Crimson, you name the bloody artists, they're out there, Porcupine Tree, we could go on for a while in regards to inspirations for this, Pink Floyd, let's keep going now, why not, but anyway, Crown Lands, 
lands this year and i remember you know playing the first track i'm listening to it and going oh shit this is an 18 minute odyssey let's go for it son i love my long tracks here we go starlifter fearless part two part what wait we're beginning on part two whatever anyway let's go with the flow people let's go with the flow and yeah just been taken on this ride i think that's the best way i can describe it at the end of it because it is so awesome from start to finish it is such a rush you know and i mean that as a pun because yeah they definitely take their cues from the canadian rockers and being canadian themselves it's kind of that feel isn't it but yeah star lifter if you haven't played this song at least you know start with this one if you love rush and have never heard of crown lands check out star lifter fearless part two and I think that's all you need to hear to win you over at the end of it. Because, yes, you know, here we are with a near 20-minute odyssey. And it's enough to just... Brings a smile to your face, you know. And it's such a cool record at the end of the day. Album artwork that would be akin to the prog rock epics. Um, you know, and then you go through the re... You know, these other tracks as well. Not not to discount the other ones as well. Dreamer of the Dawn, a great follow-up. The the Shadow, really cool. Right way back. Cause Context, uh, Fearless Part 1. Uh, Reflections and Penny. And you keep going as well. There's like nine tracks here uh, for a 60-minute run time, which kind of sits on a bit of a longer journey, you know, for uh, albums. But as far as prog rock records go, that's kind of short. You know, an hour-long record. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's kind of short at the end of it. But, you know, it's it's a really good runtime for nine tracks here on offer. And one that I just continuously played. I played this album so much, and I love it. Every time I play it, you know, I just... I, I never get bored of it. I could play this from start to finish easily and just be like, yep, that was fun, that was great to hear again. And for good bloody reason. Crownlands had done something that just... I didn't think that anyone really could, you know, especially after the passing of uh, Neil, and bringing, I guess, a community together again. You know, well, uh, the rush, the rush community is—it beggars belief how strong the community is. And I think Crown Lands—they're kind of picking up the pieces in regards to that community. And I believe that the community should focus their attention instead of. You know, the, the amazing, of course, we, we should never forget the acts of Rush, but we should also focus on what is new and what Crown Lads have, Crown Lands have, is very new, you know, fresh new music from the group, and it's just so cool to hear uh, what they have to really give us. And of course, there is the deluxe version which I didn't know until just now, because I'm thinking to myself, oh, is that a single release? I'm just clicking on it now, and I'm looking over it. There is the live version of the album here, so, yeah, I'm going to be checking that out at a later date, but, you know, it's worthy of the deluxe version. I definitely love it, and the album artwork there. You know, it's like a Roger Dean-looking thing. It's nuts. I love that stuff. So, yeah, people, Fearless, I know they did um, their album last year with White Buffalo, which I did listen to, and it does sound like a bit of progression has happened within the band. They started off a bit of a murky, hard rock outfit, I guess. Almost, I, th I think from memory, I might be remembering this wrong, but a bit more of a stoner rock outfit, you know, and they've definitely done something. They've changed it up and said, all right, we're going to have a change here, and do this thing and you know I, I appreciate the change that they have i do remember clearly there was a change from fearless to white buffalo and previous but you know I'm, again sorry guys if you're watching crown land i'm sorry i haven't <laughs> listened to much of your previous material sorry but yeah uh i, I do remember distinctly there was a dis you know it was very different from um their previous albums so, you know and there was something that's changed within the group and i love the new direction so guys if you are watching comment below and say hi because <laughs> i'm very keen to hear your new album when it comes out whenever it comes out i love the new direction that you are taking the band and i love this sound hence why you're at number three lads congratulations again you've earned it the number two spot is going to be taken out by the Foo Fighters. Yep, that's right. But here we are. The 2023 release, people, of That Plain White. 
album almost playing white. It's got that little bit of murky something going on there. And how to really describe this album? It's probably one of the best comeback albums by a band in decades. I'm talking about to a degree that has never been seen since something like Judas Priest Painkiller or maybe the likes of Iron Maiden with their album Brave New World because you know we don't see comeback albums much it's very hard once a band gets off the radar it's very hard for a band to get back onto the radar and they can get on the radar for various reasons but usually not for the good kind so to see a band you know um who unfortunately had the tragic passing only last year for Taylor Hawkins, you know, and I thought to myself, shit, when that happened, I mean, Taylor Hawkins is an amazing drummer and such a big personality within the group. I thought, damn it, this could spell the, you know, this could spell the end of the band. Um, and while some people think it's a bit callous to just replace him, that's kind of how rock and roll bands operate. Sorry to say, guys. Yes, of course, they're going to replace people from now and then, and due to passing members, of course, but that's just the industry, you know? You can look at several, several different groups for examples. So a lot of people were wondering who the new drummer was going to be, and that would be John Fries, who was, you know, a bit of a session drama for a lot of bands. You know, you can go check out his Wikipedia page. There's like 400 entries, I swear. You know, Weezer, Devo, uh, The Vandals, I think, were another group that I saw there. There's a lot of entries in regards to who he has worked with. I think Nine Inch Nails as well. Yeah, there's just a plethora of musicians there. So yeah, you know, I think they've got a really good uh, drummer to replace Taylor Hawkins there. You know, fantastic drummer. And when you go and listen to this album, it's... There's so much going on. There's a lot going on. You know, compared to a couple of years ago from the group, I kind of read them off. I... I don't think a lot of people would actually say that they thought something really good was going to come out of the band because uh, let's let's think back. I'm going back almost 10 years ago here, but Wasting Light came out and that was okay. You know, it was probably one of their last best records. And then Sonic Highways was Who Cares, Concrete and Gold, Who Cares Again, Medicine Midnight. Nah, I think I reviewed that actually as one of my first episodes. Uh, but then then there was also their other records. Um, the DG's record and uh, what was the other one? Hell Saturn and these other weird pieces that just came out of the group, you know, side ventures. The DG's in particular and and the other one which I think was like Dream Evil or something like that. I, I I'm absolutely drawing a mind blank, but it was for the album. Uh, sorry, the movie I meant of the same title, I believe. Dream Evil. Yeah, I want to say it's that one. So, yeah, of course, around about this time, you know, Taylor Hawkins passes, and I, as I said, I thought that was it for the band. They're gone. That's it. They're just going to close up shop and just say that was a good run. That's fantastic. But no, I'm so glad they proved otherwise and just pushed on because, you know, it's a, it's a hard subject to tackle when you're talking about the passing of not only a band member, but a good friend who Taylor Hawkins was to Dave Grohl. And during circumstances such as this, during you know death of band members who are friends, you usually get some of the strongest material. It's no lie. You can find that on Real Chili Peppers albums, you know, under the bridge, uh, and you can see that here with the Foo Fighters, with you know, Hearing Voices and other songs that they have on offer. You know, Hearing Voices was another one, of course, Under You and Rescued. These, those two first three tracks. Oh my God really awesome um and of course around about this time as well uh dave grohl's mother passed away and i didn't know this at the time of recording the episode because i thought the teacher was actually about you know um taylor hawkins and the passion that contains but it's not it's not taylor hawkins passing was not in regards to the teacher of course it probably would have bled through but it was about his mother who had passed away who was a teacher so uh i was correctly brought up on that one by some people in the comment section thank you very much i'm giving you guys a shout out now but yeah the teacher is such a chilling song and i meant it when i said that this album brought me to tears it did you know listening to the teacher and it, it, it numbed me it shocked me to the core it's it drew such an inspiration sorry emotion from within something that i never thought i would really have 
felt within music and something I haven't felt within music for a long time. And it's great to be reminded that music has this power to bring us to such a height, an emotional high, I guess, or low. And this record right here is such a strong record that just speaks to me it resonates and i think it does the same for so many other people out there at the end of the day because you know foo fighters are a massive group probably one of the biggest rock groups out there at the moment actually as of recording this episode they're performing in my city i'm not going to see them sorry guys don't don't crucify me i just couldn't see them i was a bit tied up with various other things but yeah so foo fighters are actually performing in sydney right tonight <laughs> Damn it, I really would have loved to have seen them on this tour. But anyway, I digress, I digress. But, you know, going over the 10 tracks here, um, and you've got 40, 50 minutes, sorry, runtime, so around that perfect runtime, and it goes, it just flows so well. You've got that perfect, you know, start off with Rescue, Under You, Hearing Voices, uh, goes on to continue with, you know, all these are short tracks, but then it goes on to like, you know, But Here We Are, The Glass, which was also just recently re-recorded as well for um, a re-release by another group who I'm just clicking on here, uh, H-E-R or Her, I don't know how they pronounce themselves, but anyway, was recently recorded as a new single again, so that's interesting to see. Um, nothing at all, which is cool, I thought, you know, and Show Me How, Beyond Me is alright, I didn't mind the track, and as I said, The Teacher. This track, I remember looking at it going, Jesus, Food Fighters did a 10 minute song? How is this possible? But uh, look, I'm not going to go more in depth on what I've already said and covered in regards to that. Keep an eye on it though, it'll probably appear on a certain other list for the end of the year. And of course, it finishes off with Rest, you know, and yeah, it's a really sick album. Even, even Dave Grohl's daughter, Violet, appears on the album. I think it was on the track, I want to say, Show Me How. So it's cool hearing that duet between, you know, the two Grohl members. And it's just this really awesome album. And I think this is going to be a record that really tops the slot as far as a lot of people who are talking about, you know, best albums of 2023 go. I think this is easily going to make the top three or two of anyone making lists. So I don't think it's unsurprising to see this one hit this number slot. But it, there is still one more that I thought was better. Anyway, that's my number two. So, who is going to take out my number one slot of the best album of 2023? Well, that award goes to none other than Queens of the Stone Age, because I am a slut as far as Josh Homme goes. So, yeah, Queens of the Stone Age, in Times New Roman, thankfully they chose that one instead of, you know, Comic Sans. No, uh, you know, thankfully they chose in Times New Roman for their album name. And it is such a cool record. The swag is back from the red-headed Elvis himself. Another standout as far as his albums go. And I reckon a lot of people will probably say, yeah, it's alright. But I think it's a great album. It's hard to, I guess, say, you know, when you're going over the Queens of Stone Age catalogue, we're talking about nothing but good albums. Nothing but great albums, actually. And in Times New Roman, it's hard to kind of go, all right, where does this one sit in regards to their discography? Because, shit, you got like Rated R and, you know, Songs of the Deaf and Villains. I know a lot of people love Villains or a lot of people probably love Lullabies of Paralyze or a lot of people also love other ones like, I'm sorry, Era Vulgaris. So you got all this interesting stuff from their catalogue. But in Times New Roman... The new release from the band during times in turmoil for, of course, the singer himself. And it's an interesting perspective inside his mindset. You know, a lot of things were going on at the time. You had his messy divorce from um, his wife, Brody Dale, which we also covered as well on the episode for um, controversial musicians. If you haven't seen that episode, go check that out. It's interesting. I have. Of course, guest appearance by uh, JC and Hector as we discuss controversial artists and Josh Homme makes the list. But yeah, his messy divorce from Brody and of course his cancer scare, which was, you know, something I didn't know about until around about the time this album was released. So, you know, you're seeing 
when when it came out, especially after lockdown, and you see him come out and he's looking pretty grey and almost hot, you know, hallowed or something like that. It was just like, oh god, you are looking harrowing. What happened to you? COVID got the better of you, man. It's starkly different to the Josh Homme that I knew from years ago. So anyway, I digress. We look over the album and it's got that gallows humour, which is a great word that we love to use as far as Queens of the Stone Age, because yeah, they are definitely ticking the boxes as far as that goes. So right from the get-go, we have Obscenery, a fantastic opener to the, you know, the whole album. Paper Machete, Machete. Yeah, anyway, there's a lot of wordplay in regards to these tracks. You know, Negative Space as well flows so perfectly. Time and Place, Made to Parade and kind of Voyeur. I love that name of that track. It's cool. And What the Peephole Say. What the People Say, of course. And Sicily. Just seems like a plain <laughs> that seems like such a plain track compared to i guess some of the other ones here on offer emotion sickness uh one of the singles as well and a really sick i loved emotion sickness actually that was the first one from memory and i loved it that was like oh shit here we go people queen stone age are going to release a new album cannot wait you know emotion sickness repeat 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 play it over and over again and of course, it closes off with the longest track that the Queens of Stone Age have ever recorded with Straight Jacket Fitting. I think it is. I'm trying to think if it is, actually, because I think I think that B-side track, what was it? These are not the droids you're looking for. I think that might be their longest song. But anyway, um, Straight Jacket Fitting, you know, nine-minute-long little epic closer and this cool little groovy piece that just finishes off the album. And... What a way to close this whole record off. Again, you got the King of Swags, little jacket on the front there, and looking all dope as fuck there, and just looking sick, and it is such a wicked album. I mean, this is a record that, when it came out, I did the review, and then I came back to it, and back to it, and back to it, and back to it, and again, and I went back to it so many times, it just, I just created a special playlist just for this track, <laughs> so the, sorry, for this album, just so I could find it easier, you know, and it's for very good reason that this whole album makes the number one spot. Again, it is a bit because I am a massive Quotes of Fan, and anything that we're going to release was going to be good in my eyes, but I think it really is deserving of the spot. You know, it's only just slightly beating out the Foo Fighters album, uh, but still, I do believe that this number one spot has been well-deserved by the group so congratulations Josh Homme and co for making the number one spot on my list so that concludes my top 10 albums of the year for 2023 I'd be curious to hear your thoughts do you agree with a lot of my records or do you think that there were some that you just thought were better comment below and write your favorite albums that I may have missed out and I will write my responses in regards to those records and as always people I hope you've had a great 2023 and enjoy this holiday season Take it easy, everyone. Stay spicy, as always. If you've enjoyed this content, make sure to smash that like button, subscribe to us, and stay notified for future music-related content, because it keeps our manager happy at the end of the day. We are also on Discord, Instagram, Facebook, and all those other social platforms if you want to check us out. As always, people, you have a great day, and stay spicy.